Good day to you ladies and gentlemen and welcome to Film Focus episode 174, My Hopes and Fears for Mortal Kombat 2. Episode of Film Focus with your boy, the Hypersonic 55, and I'm glad that you decided to join me once again for some film related discussion. And here we are talking about another upcoming video game adaptation in the form of Mortal Kombat 2, the sequel to the Mortal Kombat 2021 film that, depending on who you talk to, was either pretty decent or pretty crap. And today I want to talk about my hopes and fears for the sequel because there are a lot of areas where this film could improve upon the original and I do have certain levels of hope for it but at the same time there are some potential red flags flying around in the air right now that if they come to pass all this film is gonna suffer but yeah we'll get to that in a minute let me just firstly talk about the original film and then talk about the sort of change in the video game landscape since then and then we'll talk about my hopes and fears specifically is that good all right cool Alright, so let's talk about the Mortal Kombat film from 2021. I think it's safe to say that before the film was released, it went through this interesting roller coaster of concern and hype. I think from the time it was announced with the director, writer, and then the cast that showed up afterwards, people were naturally concerned because the director wasn't really a noteworthy name. He seemed like a first-time director and the writer didn't have like much writings to their name. The cast was mostly made up of some noteworthy people here and there in film and TV, but most of them were unknowns or at least not like uh, household names. And with the previous person attached to this to direct being the dude behind the Mortal Kombat Legacy TV show, well, it's more of a web series, should I say, but with him not being attached to the project and his project being at least as far as most people had said, had been the closest you could get to like a proper live action Mortal Kombat piece of work. There was concern up in the air and then i think that concern started to turn into hype a little bit once you actually started to see some of the images and then the trailers that came out because the characters started to look a little bit more like the characters from the video games we had some noteworthy attacks that were on display and you even had the use of the techno syndrome theme song from the original 1995 film in the trailer and it's just like yo okay these guys seem to understand what's going on and I watched this film like a hawk, especially during the times when IGN had their uh, interviews and uh, play-by-plays of the trailer. So, you know, that when they do those trailer breakdowns and the director comes along to talk about what they're doing with the project. And I'm like, this guy, every time I heard him speak, I'm like, he gets it. He understands. And my concerns with him sort of just started to evaporate a little bit more. But again, I had certain concerns about how this uh, story would be portrayed, who Lewis Tan was playing, because at the time his character didn't really have a name. He was just some sort of dude in mystery. And there was this fear at one point that he was going to be playing Johnny Cage because Johnny Cage hadn't been announced to be in the film. And hey, if you've been following this podcast for a while, you probably would have known that I did an episode um, way back when, I think in October of 2019, talking about my hopes and fears for this upcoming adaptation. 
But then fast forward to 2021, the film came out on HBO Max and then eventually showed up in cinemas a little while after that. I ended up seeing the film three times because I wanted to know for sure if this is a film that I liked or not. But I think by the time I seen it the second time, I was pretty sure where I stood with it. And I think my opinion is still pretty much the same today in the sense that almost three years down the line, Mortal Kombat 2021 remains a film that was so close to greatness but is so far off at the same time. There is a lot to like about that film. I think the cast for the most part is pretty solid, especially when it comes to Hiroyuki Sonata and Joe Talzim as Scorpion and Sub-Zero. I think some of the attacks look great. The amount of references to the video games is really cool. The music is fabulous. The opening, you know, 10 minutes with the Scorpion and Sub-Zero portion is great. Some of the action scenes are like, you know, is it really, really fun? And... Yeah, I think there's a certain look and mood about the film at certain points, which is great. But at the same time, I feel like this film also had like some limitations in the budget because some of the visual effects aren't as good. Uh, some of the violence feels a little toned down from what you got in the video games. The fact that most of the outworld people are jobbers and just sort of get beat up pretty easily by the heroes is pretty bad. And... Um, the story is okay, but since it's a film that takes place before the Mortal Kombat tournament, which is like the whole big thing that most people look forward to in the Mortal Kombat, like, you know, video games, it feels like a bit of a misleading thing for like audience members because I don't think people were made aware that this was going to be like a sort of pre-tournament movie. Um, or if it was, it wasn't really displayed that well then you also have to take into consideration how it changes a lot of the basic lore and mythology of Mortal Kombat when it comes to the rules of engaging with people before the tournament. You introduce Arcanas, which I think there's a way that you could have made it work in film, but the idea that Arcanas like extend to giving people golden body armor or enhancing their uh, you know arms into fancy metal arms or giving people laser eyes just doesn't make that much sense. And then you have the big elephant in the room in the form of Lewis Tan's Cole Young, who was just the plainest of bread in that film. His character added nothing of value to the Mortal Kombat universe, and you'd think with a character who had a lineage to Scorpion would have been more interesting, but he added nothing. He had a family who added nothing, and I feel like there is a character art that you could have rejiggered to make him more interesting, but as it stands, no good, no good. So yeah, I think after the film had initially come out, there was like mostly positive word of mouth, but then that turned into some pretty negative word of mouth and then turned pretty mixed. So then after about how many months to a year, most people sort of forgot about the film's existence, but not me. I've been thinking about this film, I'd say, I don't know, every other month for the last like nearly three years. I feel terrible about it, but there is a great movie in there somewhere. And that's why I am praying that they address the issues from the previous film and then go ahead. So yeah, that's my initial thoughts on the first film. All right, before we continue into the hopes and fears section, I just wanted to briefly touch upon the video game adaptation space because it really started to change and diversify itself after that film had come out. So you had Netflix leading the charge with long-term storytelling in the form of TV with their adaptations of Castlevania and Arcane, two of the most well-regarded video game adaptations in recent years and of all time, just because it 
allowed the creators behind those shows to take a franchise, adhere to the law and elements that make that franchise what it is, but create their own pocket story universe with certain characters that you're aware of, but also a bunch of new ones that all were rich, full of depth and told stories that were engaging and fun and entertaining alongside like, you know, really good visual and audio based presentation. And then from there, you started to see a interesting mix of adaptations showing up, whether it was Uncharted from 2022 or Sonic 2 from the same year as well. You also had the Twisted Metal TV show from last year, the Super Mario Brothers movie, Five Nights at Freddy's finally actually getting its film debut after so many years of talk from Scott Cawthorn. You also had The Last of Us TV show finally show up, which basically did what it was supposed to do. Take the video game, translate into TV, but also made some smart and interesting changes that made it, I wouldn't say more approachable, but also just sort of, I don't know, gave the world a little bit more context and gave it a little bit more heart. And yeah, obviously, depending on who you are, not all of these adaptations were still like 100 slam dunks. I think there was still discussion surrounding the Super Mario Brothers film for being a vapid animated film for kids. And, you know, while the presentation and uh, film score was on point, the film was criticized for not having too much in the way of story and having too many pop songs show up in between the film. And the Five Nights at Freddy's film at one point had like some big old argument happening online because, you know, fans loved it, but non-fans just thought it was like a big nothing film and they were squabbling with each other for a while. And even The Last of Us TV show, which I think was pretty solid. There were certain changes that I wasn't keen on, but there were certain changes that I thought was pretty cool. I think there were certain people that thought that some of the changes in the TV show were unnecessary and um, didn't, you know, add more to the uh, adaptation. And they kind of felt like it took away. But yeah, either way, you're starting to see adaptations all over the place on Netflix, but also you're starting to see a bunch of them starting to show up on a few other streaming platforms. There's a few of them on the horizon right now. Like Paramount Plus, the reason why that uh, streaming service was doing so well recently was because of the Halo TV show. And while that first season turned out the way in which it did, it did have at least enough of support to get a second season. And the, the trailer for the second season admittedly does look better, but we'll see if they can actually make that adaptation work because uh, some people were not keen. And I keep seeming to forget this one, but Cyberpunk Edgerunners did a lot for the Cyberpunk uh, video game in terms of getting people even more invested in that franchise than they were before. So yeah, man, like uh, adaptations now are in this really fun and interesting place where I think some of them are really starting to find their rhythm. And while you'll still have some, you know, is it uh, adaptations that trip and fall on their faces? I'm looking at you, Resident Evil on Netflix and also Welcome to Raccoon City. Garbage! Otherwise, I think we're in an interesting place. And I think the reason I had to mention all of that, because now I feel like there's more expectations on video game adaptations now, because at first people were just expecting them to be bad. And when there was something that was like, you know, above average, people were surprised. But now that there is at least a precedent for things being good to great, it means that Mortal Kombat 2 will have to step up its game. All right, and now it's time for me to talk about my hopes for Mortal Kombat 2, starting out with a better balance between being serious and absurd. 
I think some people docked points from the 2021 film because it was so serious. It played itself straight far too often and didn't embrace the more silly and absurd elements that make the video game so fun. Straight from the outset when Mortal Kombat came out, even though it was over the top with its violence, I think there was something so weird and silly about the over the top nature of the violence that made it funny. There's this really interesting line that Mortal Kombat has always rode between having moments of it being, you know, shocking and crazy, but it rides into that line of being absurd and funny to watch. And while once you started to get into the uh, later games in the series that had a overarching plot and certain character storylines that you could take a little bit more seriously, it never forgot what it was and still had moments of humor, of levity, and again, just being, you know, a bit of a WTF kind of like experience. And I think the only person that sort of embraced that lunacy was Josh Lawson's version of Kano. He was the funniest guy in the film. He was cracking jokes. He was basically almost like an audience surrogate in the sense that he was just constantly talking about the weird and strange nature of what was happening and, you know, calling people out for, you know, being so strange and weird. And I feel like everybody in the sequel needs to at least embrace that sort of uh, self-awareness of how weird and strange it is and not play it so straight all the time. Mortal Kombat is at its best when you have that balance between, you know, stuff you can take seriously, but other stuff that you can just be like, what the shag is this? So I'm hoping that they will be able to implement that into the new film. My second point is I'm hoping that we'll get a better depiction of Outworld and the other realms. I was hopeful initially when we saw like the first glimpses of Outworld, but when I found out in the film itself that Outworld was just this barren desert wasteland with like a slight color filter, but no like distinctive locations, no interesting wildlife, nothing that made the area look like a really interesting otherworldly location. I was very disappointed. So I'm hoping with this sequel that there is a lot more effort put into the set design, but also maybe enhancements via like, you know, was it uh, visual effects to create some of these worlds. With the introduction of characters like Kitana, Sindel, King Jared, I'm assuming that we'll get to go to Edenia and that is a wonderfully depicted place, especially in Mortal Kombat 1. So I'm hoping that we'll get to see at least some good locations used for like, you know, is it Edenia and whatever other realms we get to go to. I just want visually distinctive locations. One of the reasons I like the world of Star Wars so much is that you get to go to several different planets which have various different areas or cities that are varied in like their color scheme, their architecture, the way in which like um, they're either covered in dirt or covered in water or grasslands or so on and so forth. Just visually diversify what we're getting here. That's what I'm hoping for. And I guess that sort of feeds into the next point where I'm hoping that the visual effects overall get a bit of a bump. I think that they were solid for the most part. Obviously, they fluctuated depending on who was using what ability during some of the action scenes and stuff. But I'm hoping that the budget has been increased a little bit for like the visual effects department. And then I'm hoping for more music. I think I'm probably one of the biggest fans of the Mortal Kombat film score that was done by Benjamin Wolfish. I really hope he comes back because I think he did a great job of incorporating that original Techno Syndrome theme song into the film 
at various different points while also creating a few original compositions of his own that were sprinkled throughout several of the tracks in the film. I think the film score is really cool. It has something that feels very grand and important about it while also incorporating some of those like uh, technical electronic sounds into it. Some of my favorite tracks from that film score included the new and enhanced version of the Techno Syndrome theme song, which obviously was more dubstep, which I, you know, at first it really rubbed me the wrong way, but after a while I kind of got into it. But you also had songs like uh, Lord Raiden, Jax, the Arcana song, the tournament, We Fight as One. All those tracks are bangers. Quite like him a fair bit. So I'm hoping Benjamin Wolfish comes back, but also that he's able to incorporate more themes from the Mortal Kombat games, like in terms of some of the level themes, and is able to slip them into the film. Um, so I'm hopeful. I'm hopeful. And this next point is probably the biggest sticking point for me. I need there to be better fight choreography. Fight choreography is such an important thing to me in an action film, and I pray that they do better with this uh, new one. Because the fight choreography in Mortal Kombat, the first one, again, when it was anything to do with Scorpion and Sub-Zero, great. Everything else was sort of fluctuating between being middling and uh, And plus, with the characters having such creative uh, abilities, I don't think they did enough with some of those, especially when you got characters like Melina that can teleport or Cabal who was running all over the place. I feel like they just gave us very bare bone basics. And Jax, as cool as he is with his big arms, he rarely got to use them to uh, a good degree in that new film. So I'm hoping that everyone has more elaborate fight scenes. But the guy who worked on the previous film was uh, a dude called Chan Griffin and if you look up his body of work, he's worked on a number of different projects from Thor Love and Thunder to the uh, Shazam movie, the first um, Aquaman movie and Thor Ragnarok. And uh, yeah, he's done a lot of uh, stuff in the stunt performing department. And obviously he did what he could, but I feel like the fight scenes in the first Mortal Kombat film were decent, but they needed a little bit more flair. And one thing that I was hoping to see more of was uh, scenes depicting the various different characters using their background in whatever martial arts they were training in and seeing them fight against each other. One thing that I love is seeing two different styles of martial arts come together and then um, clash out to see which one like you know comes out on top. But then when you add people with crazy abilities on top of it, it would be so cool. I mean... If they could find a way to incorporate the one of the final action sequences in the last Ip Man movie, in Ip Man 4, there is a great scene where you get to see a bunch of martial arts masters go up against another dude. And they all come with various different styles and it's filmed and shot wonderfully with the great attention to detail, with the camera work, the sound design. And that's, that's obviously people at the height of their game. And I know that it's probably expensive to try and get these people in, but I just want this for Mortal Kombat so badly. I just want there to be a great fight choreographer putting in the effort to show you why these guys are badasses at what they do um, with various different, like, you know, fighting styles. So I'm hoping that they've, you know, at least found a better fight choreographer for the new one. But yeah. <laughs> All right. So now it's time for me to talk about my fears for this sequel. And I feel like some of them are warranted. And if they end up coming to pass, this could potentially sink this sequel. Firstly, we're going to talk about 
the Mortal Kombat Annihilation issue, which is trying to do too much and getting too little done. Mortal Kombat Annihilation is a bad film, but it is also hilarious. It is one of my favorite worst films ever, but that's not what you want in terms of a sequel to a fairly well-regarded video game adaptation. Mortal Kombat Annihilation, especially having rewatched it within the last five years, I could see where they were going with it in terms of trying to take the invasion part of the storyline, which I think took place in Mortal Kombat 3, and trying to incorporate into the film, while also addressing certain character dynamics in terms of the stuff going on with Sindel and her daughter Katana, having a bunch of the extra like ninjas show up, and then exploring other areas outside of Earthrealm and exploring some ideas surrounding Raiden and um, the introduction of animalities and all that stuff. It's just that the film attempted to do too much. It felt like there was at least two stories worth of films being crammed into one and it just didn't work. Sometimes it felt like, you know, things were just happening all at the same time, but at separate different locations and certain things just didn't make any sense. Certain things didn't feed into the other things. Or there are certain points where random things happen, but they kind of come together towards the end. But again, just not in a satisfactory manner. There was just too much going on. And I fear that with the amount of characters that we have, and even though they've said that this film focuses on the tournament, with the introduction of so many characters, at least a certain amount of time is going to have to be dedicated to giving them backstory understanding who they are, where they come from, why they're here, and how they have relations to either our current characters or the new characters that are coming in. And I fear that, you know, this film could become a shambles, but we'll see, we'll see. All right, and the next issue sort of feeds back into the previous one, but it has its own sort of kettle of fish to address. And that is having too many characters, having the film being overcrowded and having not enough time for everybody to be effective on screen. Again, this is another issue that Mortal Kombat Annihilation had, but Annihilation had 22 characters from the Mortal Kombat series on screen, and it was too bloody much. There were loads of people that just sort of showed up for like glorified cameos before they just disappeared out of the film. You're like, but why? Why are you here? How are you here? What is going on? The 2021 film already had 15 characters, and that was a bit much. But again, a fair few of those characters were barely characters because they were literally just there to get like killed and that was it. There wasn't a good distribution of character time for them to like, you know, feel like fully fleshed out people. But now you've got this new film coming up where on top of the original cast, you are adding several additional people for a total count of 18 characters. And that's not taken into consideration that there could be additional people on top of that. So yeah, on top of like the cast from the 2021 film, you have the introduction of Carl Urban as Johnny Cage, you have Tati Gabrielle as Jade, Adeline Rudolph as Kitana, you have Martin Ford as Shao Kahn, Desmond Chiam as King Jared, Anna Du Nguyen as Queen Sindel, Damon Harriman as Quan Chi, and CJ Bloomfield as Baraka. Again, that's a fair amount of people for one film. And you have to give enough time for the original characters that have been here before, but also give screen time to the other people as well. There are certain interesting dynamics that I'm interested to see play out in this film when it comes to Kitana and Sindel, but then you have Kitana and Liu Kang. 
you also have to see what's going on with this potential relationship between Sonya and Johnny Cage because obviously those guys are a thing in the in the games you also have the continuing friendship between Jax and Sonya Blade you also have the rivalry between Shao Kahn and Raiden we also have the fact that King Jared is in here we may have to see the fall of Edenia and the introduction of Johnny Cage he is a pretty noteworthy character who is very charismatic he is pretty much a screen stealing kind of individual so for him to be there they're gonna have to make a lot of time to facilitate his character and make him work surrounding everybody else without like taking away from them as well there's a lot of things to consider when it comes to these characters i'm just hoping that they found a way to make it work and i guess my only other major fear is that cole young is gonna suck again cole young was just a very nothing character he brought nothing to the film and again considering that his lineage was to scorpion you'd think that he would have some more interesting abilities or at least have a personality that was something that you'd want to remember but he was the least memorable person in that film and the fact that he had this family that just sort of got in the way and got caught up in the uh, mixture of the danger didn't add anything to his character it just made them annoying collateral which i wish they just sort of gotten killed to be honest which could have freed him of all this nonsense but yeah i'm hoping that they've given him more of a personality and that he has a more distinctive uniform so that he can actually stand out alongside these other earth realm representatives when they go into the tournament because you know this film was framed around him in the last one and it just didn't do much so i'm hoping i'm hoping that they've made him work but I also fear that they're just not going to do much with him and he's still just going to be the same wet blanket. So he's going to be interacting with all these other interesting characters while he's still, you know, getting screen time. But we're just like, you know, move out of the way. We just want to go back to seeing like uh, Johnny and Sonya talking or seeing what's going on with Katana and Jade. Uh, I don't know. We'll see. And so, yeah, I guess that'll do it for my hopes and fears for the upcoming Mortal Kombat 2 there are a lot of things I'm hopeful for with this film. I just want better action, a story that is more enhanced but not too cluttered, a good use of characters for this ensemble. I want better costumes, better action, more fun music. I want Benjamin like uh, Wolfish to come back. And uh, yeah, I just, I'm just hoping they're not going to fumble the bag with this amount of characters because this could go wrong so many ways. But from certain interviews I have read with uh, the writer and director, they seem that they are aware of the feedback that came from the 2021 film, both good and bad, and they said they'll at least address certain things in the film. I think that they generally do want to create a good product, so I'm praying, I'm praying that Ed Boon at least had at least a little bit more influence on this one, because he seems to be very kind about like you know how the first film turned out, and he seems to be, you know, pretty hands off when it comes to some of these adaptations, especially when it came to the animated ones, because some of those ones went into some really weird places. But the point is, I think he's just happy to see this uh, franchise grow beyond the video games that he's helped create. But I'm just hoping that this film has has that je ne sais quoi that is necessary because we're in a, I wouldn't say a golden age of video game adaptations, but we're getting there. So I'm hoping Mortal Kombat 2 can join the pantheon of good adaptations. You know what I mean? But yeah, that's another conversation for another time. When there is another Mortal Kombat update of note, I will be back. But until then, let me know in the comment section below what are your hopes and fears for this sequel. 
comment at me there or hit me up on Twitter where I'm at Hypersonic55 or at FilmFocus55. Check out the podcast on SoundCloud, iTunes, and Spotify and other places where podcasts can be found. And yeah, check out the Facebook page and I guess that's it. So until the next time, ladies and gentlemen, this is the Hypersonic55 signing out. Peace. Peace.